What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Pacers Pod. It's a beautiful Sunday afternoon uh, here in northern Indiana. The sun's shining. Uh, September 20th. A little breezy. Tell fall's coming in. But nonetheless, uh, beautiful weather. The NBA is still going on. Um, COVID's still going on. What else is still going on? Life, my friends. Life continues to go on. And I'm going to be talking today about the Indiana Pacers and what happened to this this team. Um, Basically, just recap this past season, 2019-2020, and then kind of look ahead to next year a little bit. Um, you know, kind of go from there. So, the last time I had a podcast was, I I did an episode uh, from the first round of the playoffs. Um, So the Pacers were matched up against the Heat, and uh, it was after game two, and when Miami went up 2-0, eventually sweeping the Pacers. And then um, fast forward to today, uh, Miami is ahead of Boston 2-1 in the Eastern Conference Finals. They were up 2-0. Um, they looked dominant. They, they blew past Milwaukee um, team with Giannis, who you know was MVP uh, of the league. Definitely the favorites to come out of the East, and Miami just cruised past them 4-1. So... Miami was def- Miami's definitely playing really well, and the Pacers certainly were not even, you know, there were times that we, we played, uh, there were times that we matched up, um, but not enough to even consider, like, us even getting a game against Miami. They were just always, they just, they were just, they dominated the Pacers, and, you know, to see them do that to the Bucks as well, and now being up 2-1 against Boston even, um, they're looking like they, you know, they might end up in the in the finals, and it just, you know, it goes to show that maybe the Pacers weren't as bad as what it seemed. And I know after I record, like I reacted to the two zero loss to Miami, and it was frustrating because it was pretty much clear that Miami was a better team. But um, the thing that I was disappointed in the most was Oladipo and. Uh, the chemistry that seemed to be going on with the team, you know, it, I, I, I remember, I think, it, yeah, it, it was, it had to be in that game that he, you know, wasn't paying attention during one of the timeouts. And um, I won't get into that again, but fast forward to today and, you know, there's rumors, you type in Victor Oladipo's name, you Google it. It's like, um, you know, he's, it's looking like he's not going to resign with the Pacers these are the top trades or potential trades that could go down. So it's like, damn, things are things are not what I would have um, expected pre-COVID. So I remember, so last year's Pacers team, right? Was I, I thought I thought going into this year's team with with the addition of Brogdon and T.J. Warren. 
um, kind of the emergence of Sabonis. Like, I thought this was the start of a new era with Brogdon and Warren. Um, TJ McConnell, you know, Goga. We have, we have Sabonis and Turner locked up for, for a, long, a long time ahead. Uh, with, you know, with Brogdon, we got him for a couple more years. We had TJ Warren for two years. So we, have all, we had all these guys, uh, I thought, and we had Vic coming back, you know? And I thought this was just the beginning of a new, a new era. And then as we look at it, where we are tonight, or like right now, um, it almost seems like maybe that was the last chapter of the old era. Because to me, the two things, like one, we fired, they fired Nate McMillan after the playoffs. Um, you know, and, and actually he had just got signed to an, or an extension or something, but so it was really kind of odd that they, that they fired Nate, but I think it was because of how bad they were looking in the playoffs. And, you know, um, there was, uh, you know, there's, there was, there was tension in the locker room. Like some of the podcasts that I've listened to have, have kind of mentioned like, you know, maybe, maybe a guy like Miles Turner is not happy. Um, and I remember there was a moment when Aaron Holiday and Miles Turner got into it on, on the court in the bubble. Um, so I, yeah, maybe a little Miles Turner not being happy. Uh, people have reported, you know, Oladipo was not happy with Nate McMillan. I guess, you know, maybe he didn't want to play or regardless, um, the Pacers, you know, we, we fired the coach. And then our best player, Oladipo, is now in rumors about, you know, is he going to come back? Is, you know, he's the guy that, to me, checked out on the team in the playoffs. I don't feel like he wanted to be there or it didn't seem to, like, he wasn't, he wasn't willing to, like, adjust his game to try to get a win. Like, he was dead set on just impacting the game through his scoring um, and I think that really hurt the Pacers. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I guess what I was saying about, you know, for me going into this year, I thought this was the beginning of a new era, um, where we, where it is today. It's like Nate McMillan just, Nate McMillan's out and it seems like Oladipo, there's a good chance that he won't be with the team a year from today. Um, so maybe this is actually the beginning of a new era because we're going to have a new coach. Um, and we may not have Oladipo. We may not have Miles Turner. Um, I don't know. We may not have it. it a lot of depends on who they decide to bring in as a coach and what kind of system does a coach want to implement into the, um, you know, into the style of play. And, I, and that's one thing about, you know, I, I see, I, th I thought things were really good with Nate when things were good. Like there was a time last year, it was basically before Vic's injury and, well, and even the team that finished that with that Thad Young and, and Bogey and Darren Collison, uh, the three T's, trust, togetherness, toughness. That's what, that's what Nate was preaching. And that's exactly what that team, um, I felt like embodied uh, that year that, you know, Vic kind of came out of nowhere and 
Um, so I think, but then at the end of this year, you know, it's like to see the way that the team was just, that seemed like to be um, rather than a strength, you know, that was the weakness of this team. They weren't, they weren't as tough as Miami. Um, they weren't as together as the Heat were. And they certainly didn't trust each other. Um, and that's what happened, you know, they got swept. And so that's when it's like, all right, it's time to shake things up. So out goes Nate. He kind of took the, I say he took the bullet for this, this year's uh, team. And I do want to say too, that it sucks that we didn't have Sabonis in this series. Um, that get in my head, it's like, I'm so negative right now on the Pacers uh, but I just have to remind myself, you know, it looked awful, but they still played pretty good. Like TJ Warren, you know, we didn't know we were going to be getting that from him. I thought Brogdon played great in the playoffs. Turner had some good moments, but at the end of the day, you know, we didn't have Sabonis and he was our best player this year. So he could have, he could have swung this series a little bit, or at least, you know, maybe made it so that the Pacers win a game or two at least with, with Sabonis. And then, you know, maybe Nate McMillan doesn't get fired and we're bringing these guys back and there's not so much turmoil in, at least in the heads of the fans like myself. Um, I don't know. We'll see though. Right. I guess that that's, that's what it's all about. Um, okay. Let's get, get, get going here. So, uh, this this past year, uh, if you got if you like, I remember the the Pacers started out zero and three. They lost to Detroit twice and Cleveland once, and it was like you got to be kidding me. These are these are bottom feeders uh, in the Eastern Conference, and Pacers start zero and three. No Victor Oladipo. Um, you know, I think I feel like bro. I don't remember exactly like the play. I don't remember who was not playing very well or whatever, but it was like. Um, there weren't many bright spots. Everybody was playing pretty bad. Turner was getting destroyed by Drummond. Um, and then, uh, but anyways, we won't dwell on those first three games where it looked like, oh shit, what kind of season, what kind of team is this? Uh, they turned it around and they, the Pacers ended up being 21 and 10 going like right around, like going into Christmas time. So, you know, they, they definitely turned it on. The team was looking good. Oladipo still was uh, coming back from his injury. We're hearing more and more like, um, well, I guess that was another thing. If I'm thinking back, I don't, I don't know if we really knew when he was going to come back. Um, like early on in his injury rehab, I feel like there are a lot of questions around it. But uh, regardless, at this time, you know, Sabonis was playing awesome. Brogdon was playing awesome. Um, really, I thought the whole team was kind of, overachieving and the chemistry was great with McConnell and um, there was a lot of excitement. Like I was watching, um, I was watching some Domas highlights this morning and there's this highlight of him um, getting this like awesome block uh, and then gets another, well, shit, I can't remember exactly the play. It doesn't matter. The, the point I'm trying to make is like Domas had a highlight play and then what I remember about it was Oladipo comes running out onto the court um, 
and he's like takes off his jacket he's kind of like swinging his jacket around just like having fun it was a home game the crowd was going crazy and um just i remember that's i was i happened to be going to like a bunch of those games this year being down in indianapolis so i was able to go to like 10 games in in this time period and i remember it just being really fun and then uh things were looking up right i mean oladipo was coming back um everybody would had stepped up not only People were, if I remember, I don't think that the Pacers were even being um, predicted to uh, uh, make it into the playoffs on some, on some people, according to some people, because Vic wasn't back and no one believed in uh, Sabonis or Turner or Brogdon or TJ Warren, um, Jeremy Lamb. Yeah, I remember we have Jeremy Lamb, Aaron Holiday, Doug McDermott, TJ McConnell, these guys. Um, they were fun to watch, fun to watch this year. Go, I wish Gogo was part of that. He he just never never got it going. But uh, January 29th, I believe, was the date uh, that Oladipo will return. I think we knew it for probably like two or three weeks. We knew uh, that we knew that Vic was going to come back on this date. It was. Uh, right towards the end of January against the Bulls. Amazing game. I happen to be able to go to this game. You know, the crowd's going crazy, waiting for Vic. He doesn't start, but he comes in in the first quarter. And it's just like, you know, the energy at, at Banker's life was uh, amazing, welcoming, welcoming Vic. And he was all right in that first game, but it doesn't matter because, you know, he hit that, he, has, he hits the uh, three, a deep three uh, to tie the game, send it to overtime where the Pacers end up winning. It was like the perfect comeback um, for Oladipo. And then shit hit the fan because then the Pacers lose their next like six or seven games. So like not, e not even the best of the teams. It wasn't, there were a couple of hard, hard games, but they lost some, no they, they lost some games that they definitely should have won. And they were just off, off tilter. Like they, they, it was obvious that trying to get Vic back, um, was messing with things. They, they had to, it, it's like, okay, we got a new um, weapon that we need to learn how to, to add into our fight. Um, but the Pacers did, they turned, they, they got over that. And um, like, I, I think I wrote down, oh yeah, then they ended up going eight and three. So they, so Vic comes, they beat Chicago, they lose six in a row. Then they go eight and three before COVID-19 inter interrupts the season. And they were they were looking pretty good in that eight and three. I know they had a win over Milwaukee. They were playing Boston the last game of the season where Victor looked really good. He had like 27, and they ended up losing to Boston by one. But um, at that point, you're thinking, okay, we're, we're finally getting to see this team of Turner, Sabonis, Warren, Oladipo, Brogdon. Um, finally getting to see this five play together. And then it was season's, season's canceled. Um, and that's where we got that's where we got left off um and i think that's then it's like everything changed because now from the time that they announced the bubble there was drama around old depot is he going to come back at first he says he's not going to come back so i talked myself into like oh it's all right like um you know vic just wants to make sure he can like you know he had a long time to kind of uh ramp up 
to his return, uh, you know, previously that year. And so I understood in my head, like, oh, maybe that's why he doesn't want to play is because he doesn't think he can ramp up enough. But then there's talk about the money and, and it, it doesn't matter. That's stuff like I don't know anything about um, not in the rooms or know what what's going on. But like he does end up playing. Um, and he plays quite a bit, really, but his play in the bubble just was kind of uninspiring. And there weren't many great Vic moments. Like, he didn't really seem happy. And I think that the whole team, especially, you know, not having Sabonis there, um, it just, it, it, like, TJ Warren had some highlights for sure. You know, the 53-point game, that's got to be mentioned as we talk about this this past season. But, yeah, TJ Warren, 53 points. And then a couple, like, 40-point games. Like, he was killing it um, in the bubble. Um, but yeah, you know, Sabonis was out, um, and basically in the bubble though, like the Pacers, they played all right in the regular, the regular season piece of it, um, made it to fourth in the East, but then obviously we got swept here by the, by the heat, which I talked about. Um, what else do I want to hit on here? Okay. Yeah. So. Nate McMillan gets fired after after the uh, the Heat series, and as you know, one of the things I saw of um, what they're look what what the what Kevin Pritchard, the GM and the ownership is looking for is um, a, someone who's maybe a better communicator to players of this era, um, like someone who can relate to the players a little bit more. I think that is kind of the reason. Um, that they're saying, you know, they got rid of Nate. So it makes you think that there had to have been something going on between the coaches and the player. Um, and maybe it was uh, Victor Oladipo and Nate McMillan just not seeing eye to eye or, or something. Um, but I don't know, like if you're, who are you going to bring in, you know? Is it, to me, I think as we're going into this next season, there's two, two options. One option includes Victor Oladipo. The other option does not include Victor Oladipo. It's like two different ways. And on the, the way that I think the Pacers, okay, if the, the end goal is for the Pacers to win a championship, the, I think that the best way that, that Pacers can win a championship is if Oladipo comes back and he's everything that he could be for this team. What does that mean? Well, it just means that he's the victor um, like he was on the season when he led the team and he was the most improved player. Like, but maybe maybe he's not ever going to be that player again. I don't know. It's Essentially, it's like, does Victor want to be here? Does he want to be on the Pacers? You know, does he want to be the best player on a championship team? Or does Victor want to be in a different situation? And no, no, like, I understand his perspective either way. Does he, maybe he wants to go play somewhere else, play, play with uh, guys that are better than him. Um, there may be a couple on this team that are better than him. 
but not when he's right. And if we're looking at the best road, in my opinion, if Victor wants to be here, is if Victor stays here and Victor gets back to where he was or evolves his game into a, a role where he can maybe set up the other guys a little bit more because he's got a ton of weapons around him. He's got, like, Brogdon can get you 20. TJ Warren can get you 20. Sabonis can get you 20. Plus, Vic can get 20. So, our best chance of winning the championship, I think, is with the team that we have right now. So, maybe firing Nate McMillan. Nate took, take the, took the bullet. Everybody else gets to save face. Um, we all get along now. We have a new coach. Who that may be, I, I don't know. Um, we shall see. But there's that, there's that with Vic. Hopefully he comes, you know, that road. And then what seems to be what might happen, uh, according to the rumors and stuff around the NBA circuit right now, is that Oladipo likely won't be back or won't, likely won't re-sign with the Pacers. So if this is true, you got to do something if you're the Pacers. And if we're going to be bringing in a new coach, let's identify who that is and get them on board with this decision. But how do we want to play? And then where, like, how can we use Victor, Victor's trade value the, the best? And um, I don't, and then you, and this is where you could just go down a billion uh, rabbit holes based off of all the different possibilities that are out there as to how the roster could be sh- what could be sh- shook up this year. Um, but a couple like what am I trying to say? A bit two big pieces that the Pacers I think have to figure out this year are what what they want to do with Old Depot and what they want to do with Miles Turner because. If those two guys are the ones, it's just all, I guess it it comes back to this. If we hire a new coach, or now that Nate McMillan is gone, the demons that were in that locker room, um, you know, in the bubble, the demons that were in that locker room between players and coaches, are those now all gone? And everything is, now we just have good demons? Um, Or is there still more there? And if there's more there, where are they coming from? From an outsider's perspective, to me, the two guys that looked the most upset this year and kind of annoyed me a little bit were as Victor and Miles. So I don't know. I just never get those vibes of like, I'm annoyed, I'm upset from Brogdon or from Sabonis or, you know, McConnell. Like, I don't know. I'm not saying that's true or, or what, but if you're going to start fresh with a new coach, I... If I'm, I'm I, you got to look at this roster and be like, if you're going to make moves, who do you want to keep and who are you willing to, to kind of shop? I think you got to keep Sabonis. If, and this is assuming, right? We're down the path of Victor not being back. So I, I want to make sure that's clear. I'm not, I'm, this is what we're doing if we're going to move Victor. Maybe we, we definitely hang on to Sabonis. I think. Ultimately, I'd be okay if if there was like a great return on Malcolm Brogdon, but I feel like Brogdon is kind of 
I don't know. I like what he brings. So I, I would like to see what we could build around a team that features Sabonis, Brogdon, TJ Warren. Can we develop Aaron Holiday a little bit more? Develop Goga a little bit more? Um, and then what could we then plug in instead of Miles Turner and Victor Oladipo? I mean, I think if we were to get rid of Miles Turner, we definitely would want to replace, we would need to replace um, the shot blocking and like interior defense that we would be missing, not having Turner. Um, hopefully Goga develops into that role, but I don't think at this point we would want to count on going into a season with Goga being that, but I would like him to have an opportunity to try to become that this year, get a little bit more run, hopefully, for Goga. Um, so there's just, yeah, there's a ton of different things that could happen, but um, I think I'm, I'm interested in either way. I would, best case scenario, it was, it was just the team and Nate. Nate's gone now. They're going to bring somebody in. We're going to be able to keep the same guys and roll into next year with um, a healthy role of depot and some continuity or, or basically like get to see our best five play together, which we've never, we haven't got to see that yet. And that's still what we can do next year. And hopefully Oladipo is clearly like, you know, hopefully he bounces back and then we can offer him the max in, you know, next year at when he's a free agent and life is great. And we're rolling with this squad for the next three, four years. That's my, that's my preference. But it gets interesting if that's not what's going to happen. And that's where you can see some big time shakeups. And so I was just looking at the free agents this year. Um, and this is where I'm pretty, you know, I don't know what this necessarily means, but I was just trying to look for like some guys that I like who are free agents that I think might be a nice um, complementary piece to the Pacers. Um, out there, they got Malik, you got Malik Beasley, shooting guard, 6'5". Um, you know, in my opinion, he might be a potential um, guy to maybe like replace Oladipo. Um, you know, you're getting him for a lot cheaper. But let me let me move on. Be Beasley's not my favorite of these players because um, he's probably going to be the most expensive. But here's a here you got Harry Giles out there. Uh, he's six ten. He can. Um, to me, he's got some potential. I like Harry Giles. I like Derek Jones Jr., um, Myers Leonard, Mason Plumley. I really like the idea of Mason Plumley as a backup big for us, or Myers Leonard, preferably Mason. Actually, I don't know either one of those guys. Depending, you know, who could we get for cheaper? But um, those would just be low key moves. I think, you know, the best way to bring in some impact talent would, would be, you know, in the trades, um, you know, Turner and Oladipo. I wonder if maybe there'd be a way that we could get a huge, I, I don't know how, I don't know who we'd be looking for really, but um, that's all, you know, kind of up for the, uh, um, 
up for the future to see what happens here. But um, to me, that's what's what's interesting about the next couple months now, because I, I think that the season is going to start, I think they mentioned like around Christmas time. So what kind of roster moves, if any, happen um, for our Pacers? And uh, I guess, you know, just looking back on this on this last year, it was. It was really fun and then it really sucked. And so that's kind of how this year is though, right? It's like we hit 2020 and then boom, our worlds are changed forever. So uh, anyways, that's my, uh, that's what I got to say about that. I think I'm gonna be back on here, you know, you know over the next couple of months, basically getting into the nitty gritty a little bit on the individual players, you know, cause I like, I like getting into, getting into the weeds on those, on those things. Um, and then we'll, we'll just kind of see what happens as, as, uh, as time rolls on. So thanks for checking out the pod. Hope everybody, uh, has a good week and, um, enjoy the rest of the uh, NBA season. I think I've got, I like the fact that I like, I, I, I would hope that Miami wins the championship, um, but I have a feeling it's probably going to be the Lakers, but um, I hope it's not the Lakers. Anybody else I'd be fine with. So, all right. Peace out, everybody.